Good morning, and it is Monday the 7th of February, guys, and it's uh, shaping up to be another interesting week, of course, with all the results that we are going to be seeing this week. We've already kicked off a few. As far as overnight moves go in the US, a bit of a higgledy-piggledy day, dominated by those US jobs numbers, as I'm sure everyone has seen. 167,000, a massive, massive beat, and revisions up for December. We saw the Dow, a bit of a late sell-off there, closed down 21 points, 35,090. Saw the NASDAQ up 1.58%. The NASDAQ getting a bit of a kick higher uh, for the close of the week, up 219 points. And the S&P 500 up half a percent, 23 points. SPY futures were pointing to a 41.4% which is pretty good at the moment. We're down 35 points as we start the recording of this. We did see US banks a little bit better. Commodities were slightly better across the board with the exception of copper, which was flat. Aluminium, the standout, out 1%. Brent crude continues to go higher, 2.4% higher, $2.16 to 93.27. Gold price a smidge higher as well. And we did see some mining stocks overseas also doing better. Iron ore still pretty much in limited trade due to the Chinese Lunar New Year. But today we kick off reporting season probably in earnest. We have a number of results out this morning and certainly the market is not in a particularly good mood. A number of things dominating the market so far this morning is the stepping aside for Hamish Douglas from Magellan and being replaced by another Hamish. What are the odds of that? One Hamish for another Hamish and Nikki Thomas coming back, which is a positive Nikki's a pretty good operator, uh, but that's certainly dominating things this morning, as are Q1 ANZ results, uh, which saw net interest margins down eight basis points. And we also have seen uh, GrainCorp with a good update today, which does bode well for elders, which we wrote up in the newsletter this morning, a brief mention anyway there. So Tom, what's uh, what else is happening out there this morning? Well, I thought I'd touch on some events this week. First, Henry, we have CBA and Telstra results, the main um, results this week. Not much on the economic calendar. US inflation data on Thursday is expected to reaffirm bets of a 50 basis point rate hike in March. Inflation expected to hit a 40-year high. Henry, like you said, ANZ quarterly numbers out down about 4.9% early, and they said they were considering upgrading the size of its on-market buyback. Also have Chinese markets back online after their week-long Lunar New Year holiday. Direction for the miners now lifted a little bit. Elsewhere in the news, Sewer Resources has a $250 million capital raising at 148 cents to help expansion at one of its mines. And Jakara Anthony has won Australia's first gold medal at the Winter Olympics, breaking a 12-year drought. So that was in the Moguls, I believe, Henry. It was in the Moguls, Tom. Very impressive. She did a 720, so that was pretty good. Um, Just um, looking at ANZ, the results this morning, we've seen the stock drop 4.5%. Why do you think the market's taken it so badly with those results? Bearing in mind Westpac's results last week were hardly staggering either, and brokers definitely warmed to that one. Yeah, I did think that the the margin pressure that they've seen with the eight basis point drop would have been quite expected. So I'm as surprised as you to see it down a bit early. Talk of uh, moderating margin pressure into the second half as well, I thought would have helped. There didn't seem like there was any big issues in the announcement from my inspection but yeah i'm not entirely sure how to 
resolve that one, H. The eight basis. No, what about the same as West What Park. about those um, grain court numbers? They were pretty good. The stock's up 15% earlier. That's a pretty good result. And they expect profit, FY22 underlying profit, to almost double. So really strong demand for their products. And they actually manage supply chains quite well. So that's obviously helping the result there. Bumper crop, I think, was the key there, wasn't it? Mm. Sounded like it anyway. Always like to hear of a bumper crop. Leighton, what's uh, what's happening out there in Brokerland? What are they saying about stocks out there? This morning, we've got News Corp on the back of their results. The share price is up 5.7% on Friday. Brokers are obviously happy with that one. Uh, the average target price is 23% above the current share price. And also REA Group, they met expectations with their results. Brokers are neutral, but Macquarie sees valuation support after the share price pullback. Average target price is 16.3% above the current share price. That's about all there is this morning. Okay, pretty quiet morning. I did see Macquarie put out some stuff on CSL as well this morning. Interestingly, CSL is the last day for the SPP today. Um, I've worked out the VWAP today, or the, certainly the average price around 260 and a bit. Uh, so in theory, if it stays around there today, you'll probably get the shares around 255, which will be uh, interesting for that SPP. Chris, I saw you had your Big Manic Monday thing in the newsletter this morning. Tell us some more about that. Uh, thanks, Henry. Yes, uh, I take a look at reporting season. And that, of course, is the flavour at the moment. So we're past the Fed, we're past the RBA, or at the very least, they've kicked the can down the road. So the big risk at the moment is uh, reporting season. That's what uh, Manic Monday is all about, looking at the major risks in the market. And I do so by looking through the lens of the key drivers of the stock market, and that is GDP growth, interest rates, uh, and inflation. So broadly speaking, we have strong GDP growth at the moment. That's basically good for all sectors, although in varying degrees. Uh, we have interest rates that are set to rise. Again, will hurt some sectors more than others. And then inflation, of course, as we know, can be a sector killer. So names like consumer discretionary names generally get an outsized negative impact from rising inflation. So I break down each sector and really rank them across those three key drivers. And the point being that I'm trying to highlight where people who manage portfolios might find some of the winners during reporting season. Of course, there's stock level analysis that needs to be done uh, post the sector level analysis. But yeah, trying to identify where the winners will come from and perhaps some sectors to avoid through the current reporting season. So that's coming from me in this week's Manic Monday. So uh, given that, what, what's the number one then? What's the number one sector we should be looking at just to give the, uh, the listeners a bit of a teaser and a way to, uh, to head into the newsletter? What's the number one sector? Yeah, so energy is the number one sector. Uh, benefits from GDP growth, of course, more economic activity means more demand for energy. Not really affected by interest rates. Again, although interest rates are rising, doesn't have a major impact on energy because you can't substitute energy demand. Similar with inflation, it's not typically a problem for energy. Energy is one of, if not the best performing sectors in a high inflation environment. We do have uh, battery tech, EV, solar coming, but it's still not possible to substitute out oil and coal and those traditional forms of energy. And there aren't a great deal of alternatives. So energy companies definitely have the capacity to pass on those prices. And as you have written about uh, quite well, Henry, uh, companies that can pass on prices that are price makers in these sorts of environments tend to do well. Energy is uh, all up and down the board on that. Funny, isn't it? When you look at uh, energy and inflation, we talk about inflation going up because of energy prices and people buy energy because they're worried about inflation. It seems to be a circular argument, a bit of a catch-22 yeah, yeah, happening. Yeah. Spot on. So 
Anyway, uh, now with the absence of Marcus, given that uh, the market is still relatively volatile, I'm, you know, there's, there's no real changes to the portfolio allocations at the moment, certainly not as far as I would be concerned anyway. Uh, we are seeing increased volatility in the US. I think that's a factor that we're going to have to live with. But at the end of all the noise, the US market was still up last week, as were we recovering from that big January sell-off. So, um, and even as we speak, the market, which was down 60 at the opening, is now only down 28. Uh, BHP are doing it relatively well. And funnily enough, the tech stock's doing well as well. So that's interesting. As far as my stuff goes today, uh, just the usual Corona packs uh, to kick off the week and the ETF portfolio, which is not doing so well, very much skewed towards the US tech sector. So hoping to see a bit more uh, positivity as that tech sector recovers slightly, but also highlighting one that I think uh, could be potentially uh, quite lucrative for the newsletter subscribers is Elders, which has uh, been left behind. I do note they're up 5.3% as we speak. So that's uh, maybe that ship is starting to leave the marina. But Grain Corp numbers today, 16.5% up. And also New Farm are doing very well from their numbers. Last week shows the strength in the ag sector. And I'm sure there's farmers out there spending a lot of money at the moment in their local Elders. So um, that's um, certainly something to uh, to bear in mind. Uh, so any other business or ideas out there, guys that you're looking at at the moment? No, Henry, but I did have a question for you in the small caps. I know you have uh, quite significant amounts of cash at the moment, so well done on that. Do you have a particular strategy heading into reporting season? Obviously, with these small cap names, they can have significant price movements, X results. Do you try and minimise or mitigate that risk or do you just play through, mate, and, and whatever comes you'll deal with? Well, to some extent, it's already done and dusted because many companies reporting have already put out quarterlies in January. So yeah. it's a bit it's a bit like following resource stocks. We all focus on what BHP's results are going to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, their production numbers are out. We know the price of commodities is not difficult to work out ultimately what their profit's going to be, which is why analysts tend to get those sort of on the nail. But the difference being usually with resource companies with their production numbers is when they do bring out their results, it's about capital management and it's about the dividends that we've seen, whether there's buybacks, etc. Not so prevalent in small caps. Uh, we do have, as I say, most of them have reported quarterlies and therefore the February official numbers tend to be uh, very much uh, in line. Well, obviously there are some surprises out there and it's all always fun to have some surprises, but hopefully not too many negative surprises anyway. But yes, uh, when you look at uh, resource and tech stocks and growth stock, they report quarterly. So that all gets done in January. So February is not quite such a big thing. You guys are more interested in February reports and uh, as is the market, but I'm always keeping an eye on those January quarterly reports. So there we go. Very good. Seems like the hard work's already been done. Well done. Well, well that kind of, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the hard work, but it's uh, the the, uh, the avoiding the landmines to some That's extent it. has been uh, already already played. Now, I want, do we have a, a question of the day? I wasn't sure whether anyone had come up with a suitable question of the day. No, sorry, <laughs> nothing from my end. <laughs> no, no, no inspired question of the day. Well, okay, well I'll um, I'll throw one in there. Uh, Magellan, uh, we've seen uh, one Hamish being replaced by another today. The stock's down eight point seven percent. I was quite keen on this one uh, before Christmas for a bounce. Clearly. 
I was completely off off base with this one. Uh, where, where do you think the future is for Magellan? I think they have such a strong network connected to a lot of financial planning businesses that ultimately the ship will turn somewhere. It takes a long time to build those sorts of network, networks, as you would well know, Henry, and they don't just fall apart overnight. So, you know, there is the Babcock and Browns of the world and the AMPs of the world that have continued to go the wrong way, but I don't think Magellan is of that same ilk uh, and they still have that very, very strong network, which they will continue to leverage and get farm and get uh, fees from. So I think, again, there's an opportunity there somewhere. You've got to be pretty brave, though, to dive in at the moment and try and get the right price. Yeah, Chris, on that thumb comment, I noticed that they, they also had an update in the announcement today about Hamish leaving uh, on leave. And it was, I think, about $2 billion of outflows in the January. Uh, yeah. Is that right? Anyway, so, but also, uh, yeah, it was. the share price fallen this this March and it was down, I think that the highest it got to was around 16, something about 18 at this point. And falling again today, and you think, well, like you said, Chris, they've still got a lot of hold in with financial planners and advisors, you think it is in a sentiment hole and there will be value in it. And it should turn around one time, but you know it's difficult to know when exactly that is. You're sticking with it, Henry, guys. Oh well, got to say, having uh, recommended it at around twenty bucks, and it's now sixteen sixty, and that it's a Cronenberg at the moment, sixteen sixty four. Hugh Thomas is a good operator stuff. Um, I think that is a positive. I just hope Hamish gets well soon. To be honest, I think um, you know, yeah, that's uh, probably more important. You know, this it's a horrible thing to uh, to see someone in this situation, and I do feel for him because he has been a great stalwart of the industry and a great uh, promoter of the industry anyway. Um, so let's just uh, hope that he gets well soon and gets back to business with a fresh and clear perspective. In the meantime, of course, the risk is that it drifts into a uh, platinum situation, which we saw with Kerr Nielsen, his issues over the years and stepping back there and never really coming back into the fold and the, and the fund drifting lower ever since. So that, that, of course, is the danger. But that's it, I guess. Thanks very much, guys. It's been great. Been Thanks, fun. Thanks for Henry. Fast and furious. Everyone have a great day. Um, we'll see you back here tomorrow. And uh, of course, plenty in the newsletter today as well. Great. Well done. Thanks, Abe. Well done, Henry. Good job.